guys, we finally saw Parasite. We it finally did it. Yeah. I have been not excited to watch it for months. What? I have a history with this guy. What's your... Oh. This guy. Uh, can you tell me his name, please? Bong, the Bong Joon-ho. Bong Joon-ho. Is, Bong Joon-ho. He's the director. One more time. I'm going to call him Bongo. Um, Bongiorno is closer. Bongo. Bongo is what I'm doing. I think that's right. disrespectful. I don't respect anyone. <laughs> so that's screw this kind, guy. That's kind of my thing. <laughs> Have I, you met I'm me? I'm not saying a three-syllable name. Like, Bong Joon-ho. Even DDL, like Daniel Day-Lewis or Paul Thomas Anderson, PTA, people I like. Those are way more syllables. This is yep. three syllables. And that's why I initialize them. Anderson is three syllables. It's the same thing. BGH, that's not easy to say. He's Bongo. BJH, BJH, BJ. That's hard. Bongo. Anyway. <laughs> uh, ever since Brandon saw this movie, like a couple months ago, it seems. Mm-hmm. That came out in November. And then everybody's saying it's so sick. You were just hearing it from Brandon? And the world. And, and the, now. The, the internet in general. It's been nominated for Best Picture. And so it should be. Whoa, well, spoilers. Spoilers. It's time to get into it. Okay, why don't we start with Riley? What are you giving this movie out of 10? Nine. Wow. Okay. Uh, David? I give it an 8.4. Uh, it's the best reason to eat, eat the rich since Jeff Bezos stopped paying taxes. Hmm. <laughs> eat the rich? Uh, uh, hold on, let's back up. Bringing some socialist <laughs> memes into this. I don't have a, you don't have I a, don't slogan? Have a slogan. I didn't. I'm sorry. Man. I forgot about the slogans. Honestly, it's been a while since we did this podcast. It's been like three weeks. You missed it. We're here. Holidays are over. Yeah. Here's my slogan. This is the best movie I've ever seen from Bongo. <laughs> <laughs> However, that's not saying much because his other movies are absolute hot shit. Wow. I I'm giving this movie agree. a seven. I mean, seven. 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 hard to please. I am going to change your right. minds. Seven? <laughs> Seven's good. Get it out of here. Get out of here. Seven's a good movie. Seven's okay. I think it started off being like, this is pretty good. And then by the end of the movie, I was like, mm, probably a little worse than Knives Out. Captain so that's why I'm giving it a seven. And there is a bit of a weak ending, I guess. Not really. Oh, so you're already coming around. I think we should start at the beginning. And I'm going to start with things that I did Wait, like. wait, wait. Before we get to that, we need to start with a synopsis. Yeah. Because many of our listeners haven't even seen the movies we're talking about. This movie is a 2019 movie. It's a Korean film. It's mm-hmm. a foreign film. Yeah. It's, in, it's got subtitles, unless you speak Korean and you want to turn those off. <laughs> so okay. I mean if you yeah the, if that works for you Riley said that I can read my synopsis even though he wrote one I wrote a longer one there's yeah. a war in the podcast about whether we should have long or short synopses let um, us know in the comments I'm gonna let you go right now A this is a spoiler podcast and the spoilers are about to come full force and B this is a biased synopsis as you'll see <laughs> yeah if you're if you're thinking about seeing this movie don't listen to this podcast you don't know see it. Because there are some movies that you can just listen to a podcast about because you're like, ah, I'm not going to see it, but I want to know what they have to say about it. See the movie. Yeah. And then come back and listen to this And then come back and listen. The son of an impoverished but industrious family is given an opportunity to work for a wealthy family and quickly creates ways to push existing staff out so that the rest of his family can be employed. As (laughs) these bunch of assholes basically (laughs) relax into their new roles, they're confronted by the previously ousted maid who reveals a hidden sub-basement in the house where her husband has been secretly living for four years. Then there's a big birthday party where everybody dies. That's the movie. The end. That's it. it. (laughs) I was like, this is a pretty long movie. It's over two hours or something like that. Just over. I was watching this, uh, or reading, God, I was writing this synopsis and I was like, 
that's kind of it, hey? I guess the first half of the movie is basically the, everyone trying to work for this family. Mm. Like, it starts with the boy. He gets an in from his friend. Like, his friend is a tutor for this rich family. He tutors this high school girl. His friend's like, look, I'm leaving the country to go study university. Why don't you replace me as the tutor of this girl? Boy gets that job. From then on, he's like, sick. My poor family who have crappy jobs or no jobs, they're all going to work here. So when the family's like, my uh, my other kid needs a tutor for art, boom, buddy's sister's going to do that. Oh, uh, dad needs a new driver for his car, boom. My dad's, okay, that's a little different. The, he didn't need a new driver for his car. They're no. like, my dad could be your driver, well, and none then of they, them they got him fired. None of the, well, the only one that was actually needed, I guess, as the English tutor is, is Ki Woo filling in as the English tutor. Well, no, the, the rich family mom was the one who suggested a new art teacher, right? Yeah. For the I boy. guess so. So that's two. Okay. We're already running into a problem <laughs> where, guys, I can't say Korean names. Why don't we start <laughs> with like the stuff that we like about this film? Because to me, the movie starts good right away. Like I love that sequence of them looking for Wi-Fi because like, as someone who has been poor in my life, I've had my phone cut off. I've had my mm. Wi-Fi cut off. And I know that feeling of like, oh, God, I really hope there's like a neighbor that has an unsecured password. I'm close enough to a pat, like a, a cafe. And so I really love that scene when they're just walking around their house looking for Wi-Fi. And they're all crowded in this like elevated bathroom. And like you get such a good sense of how like crappy their life is, how like mm. poor they are, how like desperate they are. And like I feel like that, the movie starts really strong, way funnier than I thought it would be. Oh, my gosh. Like you, I was kind of dreading watching this movie. I found I have a thing about like I wasn't movies. dreading it. Oh, I was dreading it. I want to clarify here. I was ready to be like, sweet. Apparently this director did something sick. Because, okay, uh, here we go. I hate Okja. I effing hate Okja, a movie that you can, I think, watch on Netflix. Yep. And, hey, I'm a vegetarian. This is like a pro-vegetarian movie. You're Like, this movie, Okja, is about, like, saving pigs, basically. Giant I, pigs. Hippo pigs. Giant I, cool pigs. And I hate that movie. And then I watched Snowpiercer. I didn't even know Snowpiercer was also by Bongo when I watched it. <laughs> I just was watching it one time, Bongo. and I was like, "This is kind of good, but ah, yeah, some things about this are kind of weird." Feels and jack kind of and, like a student film with a big budget. Yeah, and then I found out, oh, it's by that guy I hate, <laughs> Mr. Bongo. Damn you, Bongo! <laughs> and then so when Brandon told me, "Hey, there's a new Bongo film out," that's how Brandon <laughs> refers to them. Also, uh, I was he like, does not. That's not true. Okay, that's gonna suck. I'm not gonna watch it, but. Everyone was losing their shit. Over so Oak I, I was like, no, no. Parasite. This, Parasite. I was okay. stoked to watch this, okay? We can get into Okja in a minute, but continue. We don't need to. Continue, it's, please. We, we can just finish it right now. Okja is an okay movie that is way too dumb and heavy-handed with its themes and is so little, gratuitous in yeah. how it makes you feel guilty but about Some people love it. Brandon it's a little loves wild. it. I mean, I think, I think that there's lots for people to love because so much happens and it's so wild. Like, there's a crazy Jake Gyllenhaal. There's a big... I hate the Jake Gyllenhaal! <laughs> there's a big CGI animated pig. There's an evil corporation. There's there's activists. There's, like, uh, heist sequences and car chases. It's great. It's but a sloppy film. I, 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 didn't, I didn't enjoy it as much either. I did enjoy it, but it was just, like, a little too wild. It's like, boom, now we're over here. Boom, now I we're here. I that boom, crap boom. off. I, think, I haven't even seen the whole thing. I think that's one of the reasons why I like this movie so much better is it's much neater, mm. and it has... A strong theme. I'd say maybe even a stronger theme than Okja. Focused. It, it's so focused. But it never feels like it's slapping you in the face with it. It's like every it's always present. Every idea, every scene, every like line of dialogue serves this theme. Mm -hmm. But it's never like, 
hey, look, it's really hard to be poor. And like, oh, yeah, Wait, it sucks. Poverty. It's not like poverty Wh- porn. What is the it's, theme? Tell me the theme. It's the difficulty of upward mo- mobility of the working class. Inequality it's, in yeah. a capitalist system. Okay. And I, We're I, turn I, you by the end of this podcast, I, completely, <laughs> I completely agree that like while I was watching the film, I was kind of like trying to think about what the themes are. And I was like, obviously now looking back, I'm like, oh, it's so obvious. Mm-hmm. But like while I was watching it, I think that Mr. Bongo did such a great job of like keeping you engaged with the characters and the plot and stuff and mm-hmm. what's going on and not beating you over the head, as you yeah. just said, with like the fact that it's like, hey, yeah. Wealthy people have too much money. I, they suck. I yeah. still don't think this is a theme. Tell me how this is the main thing. Really? Other I think, than the obvious, like, yeah, there's a lot of disparity in this movie, and then that's the whole kind of plot is that well, they're, okay, working, well, before, they're working wait, for them. Before we get to that, what do you think the theme was then? Or I'm not just, ready for that. Okay. okay. So I think the main theme, uh, it all revolves around inequality, but I think the main theme is actually the working class fighting itself. Mm. And it's all about how... People so obsessed with this idea of prosperity, of this rock that's magical, gives your like grants your family wealth, uh, allows you to like do anything you want for prosperity. And like in this movie, this poor family basically only screws over poor people. They don't really screw over that rich family. They're lying to them, but like they're giving them good service. But like every scene in this movie is about like at the twist halfway through, it becomes so clear that it's about how the working class cannibalize themselves for their own good. You've convinced me. <laughs> you're tr- that's, you're that right. easy because there's lines throughout the movie three times. I think he doesn't do it like after the halfway part, but three times in this movie, the main character, or the, the the son of the poor family, he says, oh, that's so metaphorical. I'm like, why <laughs> yeah. does he keep saying that? Yeah. But one time he says that he's about is about the rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like this gift that his, his buddy gives him. It's supposed to be like, it's like, like a Zen garden thing. It's like a rock that. It, it's like, like a hey, lucky rock supposed you, to bring your family prosperity. Get this. Scholar's rock. You get these rocks in your house, it's good. You get yeah. material wealth is what he Go said. Go pick up some scholar's mm-hmm. rocks. But later he uses that rock as a weapon. Or the other well, guy he, does he against plans, him. Yeah, that's what I love about it. He plans to use it as a weapon against the other guy. Uh, oh, yeah. But it's used against him. So this idea of like wanting prosperity is a weapon against like yourself. This obsession with wealth is bad for you. It's mm-hmm. not like bad for anyone else. It's like it kills you. Mm. Th- now that's interesting because I would expect that a movie about inequality would have something more to say. It's funny that this one this one doesn't really say much about what the solution is. Mm-hmm. Like it's not I don't think that I would call it like a pro socialist no. movie or anything. It's just talking about inequality. It's it's more like a it's more like a look into things instead of like a there's not really a real message about like what to do. There's no prescription mm-hmm. here. It's yeah. just like hey this is what things look like when there's a lot of inequality and people okay. are obsessed well, with well, uh, prosperity. What about the fact that one of the things that happens at the end of the movie is that, okay, and this goes back, okay, hold on. <laughs> when I talk about the characters, because I can't say their Korean names, I'm going to say <laughs> their position in their family. So father of poor family, father of rich family. Kim's Son, and Mr. Parks. Yeah, Mr. Kim. Mr. McKim, Mrs. Kim, Kim's is easy. are the, Kim's the Kim's are the, are the poor, poor family. Yeah, yeah. Parks, Parks are the rich. Family. Did you guys know that Korea has the fewest number of surnames? <laughs> yeah, no. This is a stat. They have like twenty five hundred. This is funny. When I was watching this too, I'm like, how many like Smiths are there? Like, like I feel like Kim and Park are kind of like the Korean equivalent of Smith or Johnson, but on steroids. They only yeah, have like right. twenty five hundred surnames. That's interesting. Huh. Little fact I learned when I was on the Reach for the Top team in high 2, school. Twenty five hundred, and that's a small number. 
Yeah. I've what never Canada. I've never looked into the number of surnames. You ever met in, another person with the last name Stribe? No. There you go. Wow. Life change. <laughs> really learned something today. Yeah, I'm unique, unlike you, <laughs> Mr. Murdoch. <laughs> well, I thought it was Streeb, first of all, so I yeah. don't know if that invalidates it, but <laughs> have you met another Streeb? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> That's because it's the same name. What, what were the you hell saying? Were we talking you were about? saying about oh, yeah, talking yeah. about Park oh, is the no, rich no, no, people. Okay. Kim. Father of Kim, poor family. At the end, Mr. Kim, Mr. Kim murders Mr. Park, the rich That's guy. That's right. So, isn't that a solution to the problem? He stabs the rich guy. No, because he stabs him. But where does he end up? Right back in the basement. Way, way lower than he yeah. was. Like, I love that metaphor too in this film. So, the rich family is above ground. This kind of in transition family is in a semi basement. And the, the poorest family, the most desperate family, lives in an underground. In this film, there's constant visuals of going up or down, depending on where they are in the status. Yeah. And I think that this film does a really interesting job of, like, this family that starts in the semi-basement, they move up to the top. And they pull off this con, and, like, they're living the rich life. They're, li- like, in the, the living room. They're having dinner. They're eating the rich people's food. They're drinking their drinks. Yeah. Uh, but by the end of the movie, the dad, because of what he's done, is now in the lowest place he's ever been. And I you think, think the, the basement under the house is lower than the semi-basement not apartment? Not, like, geographically, but I think well, like, thematically. Yeah, there's no windows. I don't know. There's no windows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's no windows. Yeah, Their have- house is, like, a... I guess like garden suite. We'll see, but they call I don't it a, know. A semi basement. I don't know. I don't know if I agree because the guy who was in the basement under the Park family. Hold on, we have to explain that. <laughs> so when the well the Park family t- is uh, if they've Im- seen the movie. Well, yeah, a lot of people haven't. Okay, the, okay. The Park family is taking over. Fuck. Okay, no, 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 no. I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay. So Park family goes away on the camping trip. It's super rainy out. The Kims are partying in the Park house. The original housekeeper comes back and says, oh, I left something in the basement. Turns out it's her husband who has been living there for years and years and years. And but it's like a sub-basement. She goes yeah, into the it's regular a secret basement, bunker. pushes a, sh- a shelf yeah. to the side. And secret there's like bunker. A, I guess rich people have bunkers in Korea. Yeah, yeah, they explain it somehow. But anyways, he's been living in a secret bunker there. He has actually, the husband of the original housekeeper, who's been living down there, has actually grown to revere uh, Mr. Park mm-hmm. because he sees him as his benefactor. He's like, oh, you are, you are meant to, he keeps shouting respect. Oh gosh. Also side note, I love all the times that they just like bring in English words. Yeah. It's, it's usually as like emphasis. There's, there's one point at at which Mrs. Park, the wealthy wife uh, says, I'm dead serious or something, or I'm, I'm totally serious in English. And it's just like, oh, that's so funny. That kind of reminds me. I I feel like there's a lots of elements of this movie that are just missed by us mm. like I'm sure there's a lot of parts of this movie that are just like about Koreanness mm. and mm. Korean things that actually we can't yeah. really appreciate Bong Ho Bong Joon-ho uh, gave an interview uh, while this like movie was on the press tour and said specifically he's like oh I'm kind of worried that people won't get like all the Korean elements like I don't know if western audiences will appreciate it as much to me the only thing about I think the Korean side of it that bothered me was that they're grooming this high schooler. There's two different characters that are grooming to date this high schooler. And I felt that felt gross, but I don't think the movie's condemning it. I think the movie's just kind of like showing you that like, yeah, these people are, these college age students are waiting for this high schooler to be old enough so they can ask her out. Yeah. Like I didn't, I didn't know. Like that. I, I was like, is she like senior year? Is she, she about to said graduate? Sophomore. What does that mean? I don't know. Isn't that grade 10? Hold on, I'm gonna Google this stuff. <laughs> we should really know what sophomore there, means. I think it's oh, I think it's grade eleven. It's not freshman. It's not. Uh, hold on. Oh, oh no. relating to the second year of an endeavor. Oh, geez. So she's grade ten. She's grade ten, that's, and he's in university. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Is it grade ten though? Because do they, if they have high school, that's 10, 11, 12. Wait, what's middle school? 
Eight, nine, ten. Maybe she's in grade eleven. So in the states, I think it's uh, freshman, sophomore, no, no, junior, no, no. senior. In middle, no, middle school is until grade eight. I guess in it the doesn't states, matter. In the states, no matter what, Up she's here. a high schooler, and it's yeah. young, it's and it's weird, weird, and they don't condemn it. And I, I, that was the only thing that I was, I was like, like. I was like, it kind of makes sense if Ki Wu, the the son of the Kim family is like one year into university or something, and she's in grade 12. He had tried for many years to apply, so I figured he was like 22, 23, 24 Yeah, that's weird yeah. for you. But, but that's just, yeah, we're just Western audiences judging, you know, pedophiles. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go back to- You're uh, aged about by two plus seven. Yeah, I wanna, oh, gosh. I want to go back to Gung So, who is the husband that was stuck in the basement, and like when he screams, right. respect, yeah, uh, yeah. which I love. But there's this image, and it's very important, of uh, when the husband of the house or when anyone comes home, there's three bulbs above the staircase. Mm. And when they walk up, it seems like it's motion activated because each one turns on where they're stepping. But you find out later that he's manually smashing his head against a oh, light geez. to turn it on. Well, he only has to smash his head because he's bound at that point. He's not smashing it every time. He's just, it, but he, he, uses he smashes forehead, it he? later when he's like going crazy Does he always use it? his forehead though? Or he, he uses his forehead, but he's not like, no, no, he can use his hands if he wants, can he? I don't think he does though. In the, oh, you <laughs> You're right. He could. He only uses his head. He only uses his head that one time because he's tied up. No, but you never see him do it, and you see him just like do the nice things. I'm sure he. Whatever. It's not important. Or Um, is it? It's kind of weird. (laughs) But I love. I love that image of him being trapped in this basement, kind of in servitude to this dude, just uh, so in love with him and so much respect. And then like that visual of. Oh, we should say though that. The the switches we're talking about, the lights turn on, but really he's activating them manually, and then he uses them as Morse code. The people well, who live I in mean, the I house, get to that. they I think get to that they have smart lights, yeah. but it's just a guy in the basement turning <laughs> them on with a, apparently with his head. Yeah, what a brilliant <laughs> image of like how little the rich people care for the work of right. the working class. I right. think that's so brilliant. I'm like, yeah, they're just like, yeah, it's all automatic. It just happens. Who cares? Yeah, but like this guy's like manually doing this with his head or not doesn't matter. I think that's like a, a strength of this movie is like the rich people aren't evil. They're not like pure bad and they're not like, they don't actually condemn the rich people that much. What they're most condemned for is their ignorance of the working class. Like when uh, the wife is kind of talking about how the rain, oh, it's beautiful. It created sunshine and this. And like the day before the whole family was washed out and like their house filled with shit because of the rain. And like, I love that about this movie that it's more subtle and it's like condemnation of rich people. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, That's pretty cool. And and they don't really give you a reason to hate them at all, except for the, I mean, I don't know, the dad, uh, Mr. Park, there was a couple times where, you know, uh, Mr. Kim asks him when they're driving in the car and he's like, do you love your wife? And he's like, hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. You could call like it. We'll love. call it love is what he says. Yeah. So there's a bit there's a bit of like, I don't know, condemnation there. But mm-hmm. um, for the most part, I think like the mom, especially, she's just trying to give her kids and family a good life, totally. you know. And But she's dumb. But she's, sort she's of. dumb, but like it, that's just complacency. Yeah. It's not like, yeah. you know, she's not condemned for it. It's just kind of like that's your situation. So, yeah, the movie introduces her as simple, but I don't think she's actually like stupid. She's just naive. Uh, and I don't think yeah. it's actually like she's as stupid as I expected her. I think in a Western movie, she'd be much more cartoony. She'd be like blonde, hair with big boobs, and be like, oh, banana. Uh, while, we're, while we're talking about character, or we, do you have something else? No, that's it. Can while I get more of that stupid voice from you? That <laughs> Anytime, baby. <laughs> what was that exactly? It was trying to be, I can't do accents. It was going to be like. Black Betty. <laughs> um, while we're talking about the characters, I think it was like, I found the individual. I, I, every single character in this movie, I feel like Bongo did such a good job. Why you Bong have me saving, Why saying are you it? saying it like Bono? Bongo. You're saying it like 
because because it takes mental like uh, resources too. for me to translate his his name from Bong Joon Ho, which is which is what it is, to Bongo. Well, I I'm so and happy. I'm, I'm, I'm intentionally <laughs> taking longer to say it because I'm protesting. But you're not protesting. You're I'm totally not. in my spiderweb. <laughs> you caught me. Anyways, uh, I think Bong Joon Ho did such a good job. That's Bongo for the people yeah, at home. Yeah, it's Bongo <laughs> uh, of of really differentiating these characters and giving each of them mm-hmm. like distinct personalities. I was a bit worried going into this because I haven't. I don't know. I don't really watch foreign films that often. I, I was a bit worried going into this that I wouldn't be able to. I don't know, care about the characters very much or like understand the kind of subtleties of what's going on. But like the acting, the writing is so, and the direction is, is so does such a great job of like making me care about these different characters. I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. Uh, Screw I think, you, James. I agree. They were cool, especially like the um, poor family sister. She was so dry and sarcastic. Oh, she yeah. was awesome. But I Ki still Jung. feel like if I had been a native Korean speaker, I would appreciate a whole new level because mm. when you're hearing a, oh, for a sure. wall of language that you don't speak and you're just reading the subtitles, I think we're missing a lot of inflection and tone and like how they're sure. saying it. Like when that same character I mentioned answers the phone and pretends to be like a uh, help desk, like secretary, right. I can't even detect how she's sound, sounding yeah. and changing her voice. Whereas I would be able to know if she was just putting it on. And then I might laugh at that where I didn't laugh at that as a Western viewer. Interesting. Oh, I didn't? I laughed at that I laughed. for sure. Yeah. No, I but you're not laughing at the aspect of imagine like Riley's like, okay, guys, they're quiet, quiet, quiet. Uh, hello. Yeah, like, yeah, it's, yeah. That's yeah, that for aspect sure. of the comedy's gone. I think there's a certain element of like learning about the different inflections and stuff as you're watching, and then once you kind of get it, you laugh. Oh, okay, big brain. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Like I'm, I'm watching this, and I, 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 I think you're right. There's a lot of like inflections in Korean things that kind of like go over our heads. But then as you as it, it makes the movie a little more interesting to watch if you're like really, really closely paying attention because you're like, oh, I guess that's the type of inflection they use when they're angry or Dude, when they're trying to be sarcastic. You're describing that like gateway drug. Like this is how people get into anime. <laughs> you know those people who are like super into Japanese culture? They got like posters of Naruto and stuff. Weebs. Weeaboos. Oh, God. It's happening. Otakus. He's changing. Well, I know the terms. See, you're counting it against the movie that, like, you like the characters even though it's all in Korean and you have a hard time understanding some of the subtleties. But to me, the fact that I like these characters as much as I do, even with that barrier, speaks to how well acted, how well, like, crafted it is. It does. I'm not not counting it against it. I'm not. Yeah. But I want to say not only is that, like, do you like these characters? They're doing deplorable things. They're doing... (laughs) awful yeah, things like yeah. they're the biggest pieces of shit ever they're pushing out other working class people that are like are doing their job well that are hard working like especially the housekeeper but you're still rooting for them like oh, somehow man. this movie there like, was still a, makes you be like yeah, you yeah care about them there was a i remember a distinct distinct moment watching this movie i think it was um when they're all hiding under the coffee table or when when the parks come home and then they all have to hide mm-hmm. And uh, Ki Woo goes up, the son goes up and hides under uh, Da Song's bed. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the girl. That's the, the high school Park's girl daughter. That... Yeah. And uh, and he like sneaks out and then is like sneaking through the house. I, I there was a distinct moment where I'm like, OK, this is so interesting because this movie has made me care about all of the characters, not just like like you don't think of them being as bad guys and good guys because like we're kind of cheering for the Kims, but at the same time we know that the parks are being taken advantage of and they don't necessarily deserve this. So I'm kind of like, Oh man, how is this going to end? Because I don't know how I want it to end. I don't normally like there's a hero and a villain or whatever, not all the time, but like 
when there is that dynamic, you're kind of like, oh man, all right, let's go. Let's get the bad guys. But I'm like, I don't know how I want this to end. Yeah. Did you guys, were you guys able to predict what's going to happen? No. Or like, well, I, thought, I thought when they were having the scene, when they're celebrating their con in the house, that like, I knew that the Park family was going to come home. That was like, okay, yeah. clearly they're going to at some point come home. The rain's out. Like the camping trip's going to be canceled. But then they add the element of the housekeeper coming oh, back and the yeah. husband. And it totally shifted. And I had no idea what was going to happen <laughs> next. It was so good. I like keeping me guessing every step of the way from there. Oh, but this is where it breaks down for me. Oh, no. Yes. When that... Oh, Screw okay. you, James. Guys, <laughs> I like what you're saying. You're bringing me into it. Uh, before I get into the shitty parts of this, though, can you... Can you tell me when Buddy's apparently banging his head against that button uh, in the sub basement? Gunsay, Gunsay, stop making <laughs> making the uh, light go on and off. And the kid, the rich family kid, is in. He's camping in his own tent in the front yard, and he's watching this light go on and off. And because the kid's a Boy Scout, he's reading the Morse code, and yes. he starts writing down what the guy downstairs is saying. And he writes down "help," except he spells it wrong. He spells like H O L P or something. H O L O or something. Oh, is it hello? It, yeah. Oh, I thought it was help. Maybe. Yeah. Whatever. Okay, he wait. started to decode this message. Pause that thought. Don't forget what you're saying, because I just want to correct that before I said Da Song is the daughter, that's the son. Da He is the Dahe. daughter. Anyways, continue. Dahe. Like anyone is keeping track of that. <laughs> Get out of here. Okay. Nothing comes of that, right? Yeah. The kid's decoding this message. Now, with your the lens that you watch this video through... Does that fit into your view of this movie? That Like, of course, nothing comes of it? It's definitely not a perfect movie. Uh, and I think this movie is perfectly economical in almost every other way. But I agree. Like, that never pays off. And I don't fully understand. You I thought you were going to fit it. No, I thought you were going to fit it into no. your thing. Like, they try to reach out to the rich and the rich are oblivious or something. <laughs> no, could, I, I don't could, have uh, an answer well, for that Well, great. Because this is just one of many things. What? No. Dude, there's plot holes. I walked out of this movie being like, wait a second. Lightsabers don't work like that. No, it was like. It felt like someone wrote the first half of the script and then just mailed it to someone else in a different part of the world who was like, I'll finish the script. And they just like took it in a whole different direction. Like nothing that I thought would happen would happen. When they introduced that family yeah. in the sub-basement. Okay, Kim. The sub-basement. The, 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 oh, uh, yeah, the, the, the housekeeper guy. Okay. Moon and, and, Moon, has, Gwang and Gunsei. Cool. Um, <laughs> I was like, holy cow, what's going to happen now with these people? And it... That, at that point, like, there's so much depth to that movie. It could have been a series. Like, it's like they had to cram so much in that they couldn't... Do you know? What? That's interesting you say that. They're making a series of this. Oh. No. Uh, no. On HBO. No. No, but they already did the movie. They should have started with this series. Stop it! Well, I don't know. No, who knows what it's going to be, but it's going to be, like, thematically similar. Brevity is the soul of wit. Oh. And movies are better than TV because they can accomplish so much more because they're so focused. HBO might be so able to upset with TV shows being like lauded as superior because they can fit more things, but they don't fit more things. They fit the same amount of things in more time. And okay, wait. Okay, wait. Get back to that. James, continue your... I, earlier, I saw David's laptop open to a Google page <laughs> that said, Brevity of the Soul's Wit. That he looked... <laughs> like he knew he was gonna... I just wanted to make sure that it was a Shakespeare quote, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> this movie's over two hours long. Yeah, compared to like an eight-hour series. I think they spent oh. too much time doing the fun like uh, sequence of how each family member is getting a job. That was probably the first third, maybe. It tricked you into thinking it was a fun comedy. No, it's just, that was fun. That was probably the best part. It was great. And you're showing how clever the family is and all the cool ways they're each getting each other in there. But then when you introduce this new thing where like there's this underground family, there's like a, so much wealth of content you could right. have made from that. Mm. And instead, almost nothing happened with it. 
Yeah, they could have made one of them like a mutant or something. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what they were going to do. They could have done a million myriad things. Right. But instead, it all just culminates in, uh, I guess there's going to be a birthday party, and then the guy's going to run out and kill everybody. And it was just like, why? I think, but I think, but, the, I think a lot of stuff happens you're just not giving credit to. Like there's the first scene when the family stumbles down uh, and right before that, uh, Moon Gwang is like pleading with the matriarch of yeah. the Kim or the Kim family to be like, please, like she don't, calls her don't give up, please, sis. Like and yeah. like as an audience member, you're like, yeah, they kind of are similar. Like they're right. impoverished people that are desperate and need this. And then the whole f- rest of the family comes tumbling down the stairs, and the power dynamic shifts because she figures out that they 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 all lied and that they're all a yeah, family. Yeah. This is all a con. That's the power awesome. dynamic shifts. Well, not, awesome. not only that, but she's calling her sis, being like, "Oh, please understand, please understand." And, and Mrs. Kim is like, "We're not the same. What are you talking about? Yeah. We're we're better than you now." Yeah. But really, that's they're great. Not. But then from then on, I thought, "Whoa, what are they going to do? Are they going to coexist? Are they going to each know each other about each other?" That's and then what I yeah. do a bunch of hijinks to try to get a leg up on it. One that another. would, that would be the. Uh, I love the next scene when they're upstairs and like the weirdo husband. Oh man, he was great. He was so uncomfortable and weird. Uh, is on the couch like lying like a little girl like holding the phone. He's like, "Oh, it's like a missile launcher. Like, oh, if I press the send button on this video, that proves that they're they're oh, conning." Oh, oh yeah, uh, yeah, it's so fun. And like they're there and they're joining. The whole family's there, like hands up and like. Yeah. I thought there was such great tension. And then when they start filming again, like I was like, I would tackle them. Now's the time to tackle yeah, them. And yeah. then they tackle them. Yeah. And then they yeah. fight and like I don't know. There's lots of stuff that I happens. Th- I think this movie does a really good job of like. Normally, I hate comedy of errors type movies because I'm just like oh no oh, it just makes me uncomfortable like it's like I don't like seeing a million things go wrong but I loved seeing everything go wrong in this movie because it was just so funny and they it was took more it original places. it was more yeah, original yeah. because I, I did not I'm expect with you like I hate meet the parents and all right. those because like okay Ben Stiller you're the protagonist I'm rooting for yeah, you yeah and you keep eating shit all like how am I supposed to feel if the person I'm rooting for just keeps eating shit? Maybe this is the key to doing a good comedy of errors movie. You have to make all the characters horrible people. <laughs> well, so you like, don't really care about anybody. Like when um Who the, who the, do we really care about in this movie? That song. Love that kid. The kid? Yeah. He's great. Yeah, I guess so. When the, uh, is that only because he's a child? Probably. That kid sucks. He's a little brat. <laughs> God. No, he's cute. I like no. that he's got like an obsession with like First Nations people. Yeah, and, what like, was he's up playing. with that? That I think so. Uh, I I think if there's a theme of like Americanism mm. in this film, and it's part of like the capitalistic uh, excess, and it's I, yeah. I think it's light on that side of it, but I think that's part of it. Is this bringing like Americanism into Korea? I think that's they, they why should have pro- picked some. Wait, unless they deliberately in that. No, they did. Something, they deliberately picked Indians and said Indians. And, well, I think that the, um, the hold key on, we here, have to explain this. The, the little boy has like some outfits. He's obsessed with like Indians in the sense American of like cowboy, Indians. cowboys yeah. and Indians. And Native he's like, Americans. There's people running around with like war bonnets on. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no, no. And that's the funny thing I think because to Western audiences and people who are woke, uh, <laughs> we see something like that and we're like, hey, that's not cool, you know. But I think that the point is to say that. Um, this wealthy Korean family is kind of idolizing anything American to the point where there are numerous points in the film where the mom of the Park family says, oh, we got that from America. It's, it's, good. it's, it's good quality. Oh, that tent will hold up. We got we ordered it from America. Yeah, you, so, were, you were educated in Illinois. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the same way that like people from America might say like, oh, it's got it, this thing's German engineering or something, you know. So I think that the Indian thing kind of plays into that where – they're not really, they're, they're, what do you call it? Like, they're so oblivious to the fact that this is cultural appropriation that, like, they just like anything that's American. 
Yeah, that's gonna be not, idea it's I not got. even they're glorified in America. They're putting anything from America or anything to do with America on a pedestal, yeah. and they're not really thinking about the the nuances there. Talking about originality, when the when the son of the poor family was hiding under the bed of the high school girl, yeah. and they finally came back from camping, and he's like stuck under her bed. I totally thought that she was going to catch him, and he was going to have to explain mm. like, "Oh, I'm here because I love you." Yeah, yeah. But that, that totally didn't happen. No, and part of me is like. Well, that should have happened. But that's just because <laughs> of expectations of yeah. like other movies I've seen. That's like what would that's what you would expect to happen. Yeah. But I, it doesn't. Have you guys heard of the concept of Chekhov's gun? Where yeah. Like if you show a gun, you have to shoot it in a later act. Right. I like that this movie loads so many guns and only fires ones that it really wants. Right, and it's, right, right. it's masterful, I think, in setting up red herrings and like changing your expectation because yeah. I was constantly kept guessing, and I really want to give the movie props for that. What? When they're all hiding under that coffee table, and the rich parents are sleeping on the couch, and they start to get it on, what a missed opportunity. What a missed opportunity for, like, way cringier. Like, the people on the table should have had to, like, hear yeah, them they didn't doing really, it. Yeah, they didn't really cut uh, back to them at all during that scene. I was kind of no. happy. I didn't want to see, like, the dad and, like, the daughter next to each other being like, yeah. oh. That's what like, I want to see. I don't know. Yes. That's because like, okay, you're a weird whole, freak, James. No, that's hilarious. <laughs> the whole family's under the table. Like, mom and dad beside kids. And then this other family starts getting on. Like, hearing other people bang is one thing. But hearing other people bang when you're, like, right, like, hiding next to your own parents. Like, ugh. And if they, uh, maybe, yeah. maybe that scene was... If I'm going to give it a charitable interpretation, maybe that scene was kind of like an indicator, another indicator of like these wealthy people being completely oblivious to the fact that like there are people suffering right next to them (laughs) and they're just like busy getting it on. Yeah, but they weren't really suffering. It never cuts back to them to show they're suffering. They're just like waiting. It shows a shot that's an overhead shot, which again is part of the theme of like of perspective of high and low, where it's an overhead shot looking down at the table that the family's below. And I think that kind of does tie into the theme of like, Invisible, being invisible covered, to yeah. yeah, being invisible to the rich people, uh, and so like you're imagining the reactions, and I think maybe that's what the filmmaker wanted is that you're seeing this table, and it, it pauses on that for like five six seconds, so there's time to be like, I wonder what's going on under there, mm. and I think you wish you could have seen it, but I, I think there's something that's nice about it being left to the imagination. You yeah. guys are fanboy. Is nobody gonna talk about the <laughs> fact that that when they're getting it on, the wife's like, rub my nipples clockwise? Yeah, that was well. Like, Hold on. I don't know. I was like, see, everyone's got their little things they like. <laughs> Fanboys. You know, no, you never, no, you, you know, there's, there's people that okay. like a certain way, a certain rhythm, yeah. like a, like tapping circle. I don't like, know. And I think okay, I, a direction I think, though. I think I just saw I think, that. Yeah. I think I just saw that I as have, like, I need to have more sex as these, <laughs> as these wealthy people having like pecu- peculiar tastes, like I particular it, tastes. It was just a comedy. It was a joke. Yeah. I think it was just a comedy. No, it was, it was funny, but I think the way, reason that it worked is because it kind of works with their like, particular personalities where they're like, I want it this way and yeah. boil the water for I, this long and blah, blah, blah. You I know? have a few things that I don't like about this movie. And I think this is, for me, the biggest one is ha- that uh, Mr. Kim actually kills Mr. Park at the end. Mm. And they, they try and set it up in a few scenes where like uh, Mr. Park talks about Mr. Kim's smell or the whole family smell. And it's like a kind of a disdain for the lower class. But I felt like the way that the hatred's boiling up in Mr. Kim was a little bit unbelievable. No way. He had no motive. I was like, why did he do that? Yeah. No, no I totally agree. That's what I'm saying is I totally yeah. agree. And like, it felt like it was serving the theme more than the characters or the plot. And it felt a little contrived of like, we have to have a climax. We have to have like a big emotional scene. Mm. And I think that was a big weakness of the end was actually totally agree. that yeah. murder. I was With, like, after huh? that I birthday just, party scene, I was like, what just happened? I was just going to ask you guys what you thought at the end because- yeah, it did. It did feel a little tonally inconsistent yep. for me. Um, it was it was nice, I guess, from a from a 
film perspective to have all of this tension boil like building up into this like knife fight. But <laughs> but yeah, I I'm mm, okay, so it didn't bother me in the moment when when Mr. Kim went to stab Mr. Park. At this moment in the film, he's holding his daughter's wound because she's been stabbed by oh, yeah. say, Mr. Kim is Mr. Kim is uh, and. Mr. Park is like, drive us to the hospital. Yeah. We have to go to the hospital. And he's like panicking because he's holding his daughter who's no. dying. Okay, right. I get you're panicked. Like, toss him the keys. But like, attack the dude who's attacking your wife. Like, don't attack Mr. Park. Like, attack Gung Se. Like, kill him. And I thought, I, I don't know. I felt like that whole scene was just a little bit, eh. When he stabs Mr. Park, is Gung Se still attacking Chung Sook? Uh, the, 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 is the housekeeper's husband still attacking the mom of the Kim family? Uh, or I thought, so. I thought she like stabs him. She stabs him with a sausage skewer. And then this is the most bongo part of the movie. This is the most yeah, snow piercer part of the I, movie. I feel like I want to watch it again. Watch that part You're again right. because the timing is everything. Every, well, you might be right. Maybe it doesn't make much sense. But I think to me in that moment, it made sense that he just like snapped because they've all been having to act and they've, they're really good actors. <laughs> they're surprisingly good actors, this Kim family. Um, they've all been having to pretend and like hustle and bustle and try to make this the Park family happy for I don't know how long it's been. I, I saw that as him just snapping, especially, you know, I, I thought it was such a great touch to have Mr. Park holding his nose. Yeah. There's this vicious, brutal attack going on, and he has to go get his ki- keys. But the thing that bothers him isn't the blood or the violence. It's the fact that the guy smells. That being said, that dude would smell. Like, I didn't see a shower in yeah, that Yeah, he basement. would smell, but, like, when you're in this... But, like, that's really... When you're in a fight-or-flight situation, <laughs> you're not worrying about smells. Fair enough. You're just like, I need to go. Yeah. And the fact that they are so unconcerned with the rest of what's going on and only concerned with the fact that their kid is apparently having seizure. <laughs> and the, thing, the, the smell, it was just so, he's like, oh, that's so disgusting. And he's like, and then he just is like, you fucking, I'm going to kill you. I don't know, I could see that. Yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things that I just like, I didn't want it to happen. And I also feel like it didn't add that much. That being said, the denouement of the film, I think is unbelievable. I love the montage at the end of the film mm. when, so basically what happens is the husband kills the rich husband and has to go into hiding. And where he goes into hiding is actually the sub basement. Right. And he's to reach out to his family. He's using the Morse code trick yeah. and his son has a hunch. So he goes and he looks at the, the, the lights and, and he the, uses his hands on the button. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> it's totally reachable. He, yeah, he's, and so he goes and he looks at the light and the dad's giving him a letter or a, a Morse code letter, uh, through the lights. And so he goes and he reads it and then he writes another letter back. Mm-hmm. I don't know how he gets it to him. I guess that's not the point, but as part of the montage, he talks about how he's going to work so hard. He's going to work his way up. He's going to save all this money and he's going to go to school. He's going to yep. do this and he'll buy that house. And then at the end, like when I buy that house, all you'll have to do is just walk up the steps. Like a dream you sequence. See it, you see, well, you don't know that you see it yeah. visually. You see him going to school and, and yeah. progressing in the world, but then it's revealed that, yeah, it's actually a fantasy. It's actually a fantasy. Yeah. And when it, but like the moment that they're actually in the fantasy was like really nice. I was like, this is really nice. And like, yeah. I'm so happy. And then it cuts to the the matching shot of the opening shot of just him sitting in the sub basement. Uh, and it goes down and you realize it's all fantasy. And like, yeah. he'll never, ever be able to save enough money. And there's no way he could ever do it. The semi-basement. <clears throat> the semi-basement. He's in the semi-basement. Yeah. His father's yeah. in the sub So basement. powerful. Yeah. yeah. I loved it. Weird though, because there's voiceover at the end there. There's never voiceover at any other part of the movie. So I was like, eh, this feels weird, but. All right, I'll allow it. Do you guys get neat tidbit? The song at the end of the movie is written by Bongo. uh, (laughs) Really? And it's originally was it's originally was called 564 years because they calculated how long he would have to work for him to be able to afford that house. Oh, Oh, that's cool. Wow. Wait, did you just call him Bongo? 
<laughs> like a drum? That's the problem. Bongo star. That's the problem. <laughs> the bongo star. Yeah, Ringo's. Okay, here's another, a few other things that uh, made me mad. Um, like, just loose ends. Like, it would be nice to see Min again at the end of the movie. Like, full circle kind of thing. Or And, like, mm-hmm. what about the fact that Min was like, yo, I need to put someone in this house that I can trust. You're my buddy. You would never, like, fall in love with this girl that I'm in love with. That's I the think it, whole was, part. it was less about... You're not going to fall in love is she's never going to fall in love for you. You're a loser. No, he said, okay, maybe. But he said like all those frat boys, like they're gross and slovenly and like, and, and I like you and it's going to be okay. But anyway, the point is that they do fall in love and he, there's never a consequence for that. Yeah. yeah that That's was a fair. bit of a weird it's just plot like a, element. It's just a loose end thing. Like, it, and it doesn't really tell us anything about Kiwu's personality either. <clears throat> you know, like, like the fact that they fall in love, I'm like okay, wait, is Min going to be mad about this? Is there going to be some consequence? Like, no, he, he, we could have done the whole movie without him falling in love and yeah. wouldn't this, change it This at is all. the answer to this note that I wrote apparently at, after midnight last night. And I'll, I look at it this morning, the note just says, what about girl? <laughs> this, is, this is what about girl. Why did that even exist? Like, there's, there's so never, much of my life is spent just thinking the same thing. There's never a consequence of the fact that they had romantic. I think it's just to serve the fantasy. Like, there's a scene in the movie, mm. like the midpoint, right before everything turns, where he's talking about the the son of the poor family is talking about how he's going to marry the daughter of the rich family, and they're all going to live in this house. And like, when they're talking about it, you're like, that won't work. How like you're the in laws, but like, how are you ever going to have family gatherings? Like, you're all the servants. Like, they're once they, they see that they you're all a family, they touch on. We're going to have to hire actors. Have yeah, to hire which I think people. was hilarious. I was like, I really hope this con keeps going. Like, I would love it if it got super complicated. But <laughs> series, that's a different movie, HBO series. No, Here's something me. that bugged me. I couldn't rid this from my mind. At the beginning of the movie, before the con begins, you see how this family works. Like, yeah. and they're poor and everything, right? And the thing that they're doing for money is folding pizza boxes, mm. and. It's cool. You see, there's a YouTube video where they're watching someone else do it really fast and they aspire to do it that fast. And yeah. you see the father really staring at that video. Like you see, like he really wants to learn and do the best and he's industrious. However, you also see that the result of them do it, folding the pizza boxes is that they fold one in four of them wrong and their employer is pissed. And it's like, you guys made 25% reject pizza boxes. Like right. you're bad at this simple job. Mm. So who are these characters? Are they the type of people who are bad at a simple job? Or are they th- these geniuses who can con a family and adapt quickly and learn? That's what we're showing the whole movie. I think, I think it's both. That is something that a little that bothered me a little bit was the fact that like they're so good at faking being legit, but they can't fold a pizza box. Like they they, like, they, are were, they, they fu- were not Are they fuck ups or are they wicked? Like, they're both. They're and like I think that's the point of the movie is like you can be both. And like Think about yourself. If you had to pull, fold 10,000 pizza boxes and you want to do it as fast as possible, like you'd fuck up some boxes yeah. too. You're not going to be like, oh yeah, it works, it works, it works. It's, it's, it's defying your attempt to categorize them, James, into, <laughs> into like these discrete boxes of, wait, are these good people or bad people? They're oh, complex. Well, they we sh- all they are. talk about the track record, the uh, how many jobs the dad yeah. has had, mm-hmm. and he's done all these different things, and they always make sure, you know, to say that that business went bust, that business went bust. So it's not not his fault. He just got laid off because well, the economy I think, sucks. I or think something that's like a, that. yeah. I think that's a statement on on how hard it is for people like him to uh, rise up in 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 the system. I really loved the scene where they're um, in the stadium after the flood and they're trying to sleep. And Kiwu is you know he's talking to his dad or whatever, and his dad's like. Because Kiwu the whole time is saying, I have a plan. I have a plan. I'm going to make it. Don't worry. And then some things don't go according to plan. And then after he's like, the the dad is like, 
This is why I don't make plans. Son, never make plans because plans never go according to plan. I thought that was such a good, I love that scene because it was just, it kind of explained things for me. I was like, oh, this is why they're so industrious, but they haven't been able to succeed. First, because the system doesn't allow them to. But second of all, when you fail a bunch of times, you lose hope and you just decide, hey, nothing's going to go according to plan, so might as well not plan. Then why are they bad at folding pizza boxes? If they're industrious and awesome, like we get shown throughout the movie, and if it's not no fault of their own that they're in the position that they're in, well, then why do they suck at folding pizza boxes? It's, it's menial task, and like yeah. smart people don't fan do menial tasks. Defense. No. You're a fanboy defending. No. It's a stupid thing that shouldn't have been in the movie. They no. should be fucking kicking ass at folding That's pizza boxes. I don't think dis- disagree. Like the movie, like if, if you had to do an awful awful menial task over and over and over and over. Yeah. And it was worth like 0.1 of a penny each time. You would do it as fast as you can without putting your actual brain into it. Like, I don't think that they're contrary things. I think it's showing that like they're willing to work hard at things they think are worth it, but like they're not. I, I don't I think disagree a, with you, David, because he, the boy comes out with the phone and says, look, I found a video of how we can do better at this job. No, they're all trying it faster. They're all trying to do better at that job. Trying to do it faster. 25% reject is not like a consequence I don't of going think too it's fast. A fair, That's like you're bad at it. I don't think it's a fair equivalent equivalency to say, oh, they're so hardworking and industrious. They should make every pizza box perfect. They shouldn't, but like 25%, they're bad at the job. Well, I obviously was, one of them was worse at it than the other three. Yeah, maybe it was one of them was really bad. That's exactly. There's yeah. four of them. One of them is 25%. Well, they don't give that to us. I think it's okay. the mom. My biggest problem with this movie, <laughs> and this is a really serious issue, is the light switches in the basement. Are they toggles? Are they holding on and off? Really great question. Holy cow. If they're toggles, like he's got to hit it twice for each or on and off. So each Morse code thing. And how is he going to do a pause? I guess click on, wait a second, click off. I think the way that they were in the movie was that they were um, not toggles. They were switches. How is he doing three at once with his head? Because there's three. They showed it. There's three switches. He only does one at a time. Yeah, but then they are toggles. Because the, the lights don't turn off as they leave. They stay on. No, they don't. Yeah, they do. No. They, they turn off as he walks up the stairs. That's why I thought it was weird. Because like I was like, wouldn't they all just stay on? But the light goes on and off okay. as he goes up. Perfect movie. 10 out of 10. <laughs> no, no, no. What you're saying is <laughs> There are no flaws. That, that means that if, he, if the lights Bongo are off. Bongo is king. No. Sorry. If the lights are all off and he wants to signal through Morse code a, a beep, like, like goes on for an instant and off again. That means he has to hit it twice with his head. No, no. But it's, he's it's, saying it's not a toggle. It's not it's a, a toggle. Hold. And yeah. it, it, he holds it oh. while he's there, holds it while it's in the middle, holds it on the last And that's one. the only way okay. that... So which, those lights are just never on? Which is, yeah, which is funny because there's, then there's no way to leave them on. <laughs> no, wait a second. He has two hands and one head. That's why he's so good with his head. He hits all three buttons <laughs> at the same time. Two we hands, figured one it head, out. And he just stands yeah. there. That's how lightsabers work. I will say that visual of him with the bloody head when he walks out with the knife oh. was strong. And the visual... So in this film... The son has had a traumatic incident at his first birth, or first grade birthday party. The rich son. The rich son. Uh, and you don't know why until they tell, tell the story of him seeing a ghost. And you're like, what? But then you find out that there is a dude living in the basement. And you're like, okay, that's probably the ghost. But the visual of this kid by the fridge oh. eating the cake. Like a brat. Yeah, like a I brat. I hate this kid. Fuck you guys. You guys, you just hate children. <laughs> well, he's a rich kid. Who's yeah. Everyone and thinks he's a genius. Kid. So he, uh, he's a pampered. But then just the top of the head and the eyes of the man oh. who's in the basement come out. And it was terrifying. I know. I was like, oh. this is so scary. And like, I thought the movie at one point was going to turn into more of like a horror thriller. Yeah, me too. And I'm glad it didn't. I'm glad it kind of stayed grounded. But man, that visual sticks with me. I can you still know, see his freaking scary eyes. You know what's right funny? Okay, you know what's funny? Uh, <laughs> I saw that bit with the ghost and I, I also thought it was amazing. And then later, 
Only when only when the husband and the housekeeper comes up and he's got the bloody face and he like hits hits Kiwu with the rock and everything and he's looking around like what am I gonna do next? I'm like <laughs> Lauren and I are watching this and I'm like, oh, I wonder if he's gonna be the ghost. <laughs> <laughs> and Lauren's like, Are you an idiot? <laughs> he is the ghost. What are you talking about? There is no ghost, it was just him. I was like, Oh <laughs> I love it. My favorite well, shot in this movie speaks to that uh, verticality that you talked about mm-hmm. where the rich people are above and the poor people are below. Mm-hmm. When it's raining and they, they they flee the house, the family came home, they they are hiding for a while, but then they flee. And it's pouring rain and they're they're going, they're descending into town mm-hmm. from the rich people high on the hill down to where they live. And it just, just follows them as they descend yeah, the yeah, city. Yeah. That was really cool. Oh. And yeah, the stairs in general, because there's the stairs that go down to the bunker. There's the stairs that go upwards to the... There's lots of stair motifs. Did you guys know that everything in this film was a set and it was all built? That house was completely constructed for this film. I heard about oh, wow. that. I didn't know the, that. And that's why it's... it's the perfect. stairs and everything? And the stairs, everything is... The well, city no, 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 no. The, the So the, the their basement and the street, that's a set. Right. Uh, I'm not sure about the stairs. So, I mean, that's probably real. The tunnel's probably Which real. Which stairs are you talking about? Uh, that, that, in that sequence oh, the, you're the talking about where ones. it's a huge stairs. I expect that's real. That's probably a location. But the house, the street, everything, and, like, they flood it. Uh, but it's it's all telling that story of, yeah, like, m- social verticality and just how impossible it is to, to traverse. Loved it, it. Yeah. Love it. Music also. We didn't really mention this, but the uh, those montage sequences, especially the fight, the fight where... Uh, they're threatening um the uh, the housekeeper and her husband are threatening to send the video to the parks and the Kims tackle them and there's this whole like slow motion fight sequence oh, yeah. and the music is this like beautiful classical music I was just like oh this is so nice yeah. to, it was so funny yeah. well then I love that Ugh. the daughter's clever enough to go and be like oh we have peaches in the house now and uses that against the housekeeper again I was <laughs> that like, was That's sweet goes and dumps yeah. the peaches on her I have yeah. only one more question yeah and that is is this the best bongo movie because <laughs> it's the first one I've seen. That is a foreign film. Is do I hate his other movies? No, I don't know anything about this person's personal history. I don't know if he's like raised in the U.S. No, or if I he's like he's, super Korean and then just his first like, films are Korean films. And then yeah. he came to the U.S. like later in life and just tried to make American movies. I don't know any of this. I don't want to sound ignorant. That's a really interesting but question. Okja and Snowpiercer are they're Hollywood movies and they're in English and they yeah. have Western actors and they suck. I hate them. <laughs> well. They don't uh, suck. And, but they have an Asian-ness to them. They have a weirdness to them. They have an oddness. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy to be to see something I've never seen before. Right. Mm-hmm. That's great. But they, it just didn't work for me. And I wonder if with this movie, he's it's like he's in his element. And maybe it's me as a viewer. I'm watching a foreign film and I, I have an open a more open right. mind. I make allowances for things. If like if I don't if the editing is different, I'm like, well, that's just how they do it over there. Just like when you're in a different city, like in yeah. You're in Kuala Lumpur and the architecture is different. You're like, oh, yeah, it's just, they do it differently. I think, uh, I think you're answering your own question here. I mean, I didn't, I I liked Oakja and, Sn- well, yeah, sort of liked a, Snowpiercer. It's a like, cool idea. No, you're no, disgusting. no. I liked it, but I but I, but I, I liked this one way more. Yeah. Like, I would give Snowpiercer like a six, give Oakja like a 6.5, seven. This is a nine. So I think, I think I'm right there with you. I think yeah. that seeing him in his element maybe made a difference. I mean, like, Trying to make a movie in your second language, that'd be really hard to try and direct an authentic performance out of actors in your second language and be like, you're trying to be like, oh, like I'm trying to give this nuance, but I just don't know the word. Mm. But there's just so many really weird hard. things in film language that like, if I was trying to appeal to like a Chinese audience or something or an Indian audience, what the heck am I going to do? I don't know what they really mm. like. Like 
It's right. a whole different culture. Like, how, how, how do I pander to them? How could Okja possibly be good? It was an impossible task. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Unless you like uh, giant hippo pigs. I'm down with the hippo pigs. This is, <laughs> I love hippo pigs. And this I think is, they should all live. <laughs> we shouldn't need any we of them. I just want them. less exposition at the beginning of the movie. It's just so heavy handed. It was bad writing. I hate Okja. Oh, geez. Yeah. And Okja's just so over the top. But Steven Yun is in it. In it. <laughs> the guy from Walking Dead. I don't uh, watch that. Guys. for dumb people. Wow. Take that to the bank. No, I'll I'll take, stop, let's I, wrap it up. I stopped boys. watching it. Do you guys want to watch more Korean films after watching this film? If they're made by Bongo. There's good Korean films. You guys should watch some Korean I'm films. I'm sure there are. I, I This is something that every time somebody is like, you should watch more foreign films. I'm like, mm, shut up. Because it's like, I don't know. Am I just going to watch foreign films for the sake of being... I watch a lot of foreign films. It's very refreshing, <laughs> I find. It's because yeah. you're right. It's so different. And like what they're trying to accomplish, how they're trying to communicate is so different that it's really refreshing to get something that's not Americanized. Right. Do you want to see more foreign films nominated for... Oscars. Oh, like, for sure. I think that the reason that um, we watched this is because it got so much hype. I don't think we're going to be like watching very many random foreign films, but uh, I think that is it is nice to kind of like spread your wings, <laughs> dip your toes into <laughs> unfamiliar waters every once in a while when the uh, there's a reason to. Yeah. Huh? What about you, James? Are Aren't you racist? <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> what? If you don't watch foreign films, <laughs> breathing heavily. Oh gosh! What about the title though? <laughs> what title? <laughs> the movie, the parasite. Oh, parasite. We uh, didn't even think about that. Well, it's pretty self-explanatory. The Kims are parasites uh, to parasitical on the parks, but the parks are parasitical on society. <gasps> Ooh, they yeah. work together in a apparently symbiotic. Uh, Symbiotic? Well, yeah, apparently Bong Joon-ho actually wanted to call the film Parasites uh, with Parasites. an S, but the film studio thought that Parasite was a better title. You know what's funny? Weird. Uh, Bong Joon-ho also wrote The Host, which is a, I think, 2006 horror movie. Oh, I never saw that movie. I yeah. wanted to, though. It looks cool. But if you there, want... That's The Host. This is The Parasite. <laughs> <laughs> wow. If you guys <laughs> want a good Bong Joon-ho movie, watch Mother. I think that's his best movie other other than this. Other Mother. Not the Mother, mother with the exclamation mark. Not that, that one. That one no, fucking sucks. I hate oh, that one. Oh, I wanted to see that. Don't one. see that one. So uh, bad. All right. Talk about movies we do want to see. We want you guys to give us some feedback. If you like this podcast or hate it, you should rate it wherever you get your podcasts. You should also tweet at us for suggestions of movies that you want to hear us talk about. Or reply to other tweets or other, <laughs> God damn it, you just can, talk to us on Twitter. You can do whatever so you want on Twitter, en really. Engage with us. We wow. want to talk to you. We're, you would be surprised how responsive we are. We'll, we'll talk to you if you want. Got some, what's, what's going on in your life? Oh, and also David wants you to Venmo him $5, US dollars properly. What the heck? He wants you to. Why? He, why he told me to say that. <laughs> what in the I world? I you'd actually say it. But. See you next time. <laughs>